over the past few weeks, we've had, we've had lots of words over this church and, and individuals that there's more for us in Christ. There's, there's more for us. That is, there's, there's this fullness of Christ that we, that we can walk into. And I, we got a picture last week that we're almost in puddles at the moment. We, we're playing in puddles and God is calling us to more. There's an ocean, there's rivers that he wants us to experience and, and be in. And where mustn't I go? <laughs> Yeah, so, so there's more that God wants us to do, and there's a fullness in God. And it's, it's so easy, from my experience, to, to get caught up in this, this prison of sin consciousness, condemnation, guilt, inferiority that we feel. And I think we, we grasp the understanding that we're forgiven, but walking victoriously in it is another matter. And I really want to just, I want to break open a little bit about what Jesus has done, what the position is. God has always called us to move beyond being forgiven and to live this effective life for him. So that is, that is where I'm going with this. Um, you see, he wants us to know that we are in Christ, established in righteousness. We are in Christ. We have all the kingdoms to the to. We have all the keys to the kingdom in Christ. Uh, Paul talks about this over and over. He says, in Christ, you are a new creation. In Christ, everything, all his letters to all the, all the, the churches, you'll see it says, in Christ, in him, in Christ. There's this rebirth, there's a shift, there's this newness in everything once we become in Christ. It's, it's not just about being forgiven. There's this bigness, there's this wholeness. So much so that it says we're born again. So when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, um, Nicodemus says to Jesus, what, you want me to get back into my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus says, no, it's this, it's this unseen changing the scene. It's this kingdom of God breaking out. It's the spiritual connecting with the spiritual. It's, it's God's life and love living in you. It's your connection to God has been reestablished. And it's almost as big as being born again. So it's almost like you've got life and life abundant. So that's really what I want to talk about and where I'm going. Um, 2 Corinthians. See, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation... Mine's a bit different, but it says the same thing. He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to him through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. We'll get to that a bit later. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Guys, this is so much my life story. I, my life has been completely changed by that last sentence, becoming the righteousness of God. I, I remember about 10 years ago reading it, writing it down, and praying about it because I, I didn't quite have an understanding. What, what does it mean? What, 
what does it mean to be the righteousness of God or become the righteousness of God? And the following week, someone gave me a, a whole series, a whole sermon series on just God's love and his acceptance and his grace and how that positions you to be so effective for God. And from that position, there is a righteousness which you can live in. So I think before we go any further, we need to define what is righteousness. I know they did pretty much steal my um, preach with that video. But righteousness is, is really being found not guilty. It's being just before God. So when, uh, yeah, it's, it's, so I like to replace the word righteousness. It's one of these Christianese terms which you can sort of half get the definition, but you really need to understand it. It's uh, whenever I see righteousness, I, I replace it with right standing. So when I, I read that again, it says, I am in right standing with God through Jesus. And that's an amazing thing to hear. I am in right standing with God. Nothing I've done. Um, so there's so much of my life experience in this message. I mean, it's radically changed me for the last 10 years, this acceptance in Christ that we can live out of. I once heard that the Christian life is, it's about becoming your experience, what you already are. You see, the moment you're born again, you, you have the keys to the kingdom. You have God's righteousness imputed on your behalf. There's this, there's this change in you where you become God's righteousness, but there's this act of us understanding and walking it out to become f- full in it. So I like a little illustration is, is um, who's watched Iron, uh, oh, I've just forgotten, the, the Iron Man, where there's um, Robert Downey Jr. or whatever his name is, he creates this Iron Man suit, and this suit is unbelievable. Uh, you can fly, you can, you can do amazing things in the suit. It's almost like we've been placed into the suit that there's incredible potential for us to go forth and do things within the suit. But we didn't make the suit. We need to understand how to operate the suit. You, the potential is there to, for us to do all these things, but we need to have a deep understanding of how does it work? What do we do in it? How does it operate? And I think that is, um, that is key for us walking forward in, in, in this journey. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 13 to 15, he says, until we all reach the unity and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. I, I won't read it. It just it talks about becoming mature in Christ. Um, he says, not to be tossed, by the, uh, tossed back and forth, being an infant by the waves of, of different types of teachings. We, we really need to become established and understand this fully because if we understand this fully, our lives change. Our who we are changes. How we operate in this changes completely. Um, so I'd like to tackle some of the things which maybe prevent us from heading a bit, um, heading into this righteousness. Uh, understanding what possibly could trip us up and, and does trip us up is is always a, a key to moving forward. In Hebrews six verse one, it says again. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith in God. You see, acts that lead to, de- acts that lead to 
to death is dead works. And dead works and faith in God are so linked. Self-righteousness is linked with dead works. Self, I, I can get to God, not Christ's righteousness. You see, um, there's, we need to be so established in this, in this understanding that it's, it's not me, it's God. I, I think one of the key stumbling blocks for so many is that without this foundation um, of us maturing and becoming established in Christ's righteousness, nothing that I've done to earn it, is, is something which is so key for us to move forward in, in. Dead works is really trying to earn God's favor, trying to earn your salvation, doing things because you think, okay, we're going to get to this place or God will have to bless me because I'm doing all this stuff. It's where I was, guys. It's where a lot of, a lot of Christians get to. It's, it's trying to earn God's love for us. Um, in Ephesians 2, 5 verse 9, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's where we are. In order that in the coming ages he might show this incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by work, so that no one can boast. You see, guys, it, it is a gift. This righteousness, this, this thing we're living in is a gift from God. It's like you get a Christmas present and you think, okay, well, I did nothing to get that Christmas present. That was, it's a gift. But if you believe your parents, maybe you think, okay, well, because I did all these things and good works through the year, you know, <laughs> But it's, it's, it's a true gift. It's, it's by God he's given you this gift, and it's for God. You see, God is doing the saving, not us. In Romans 4, 1 verse 6, it says, So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in faith, into the new way of looking at things? If Abraham did, if Abraham by what he did for God got God to approve him, he could have certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in Scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call their wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, it's something only God can do, you trust him to do it. You could never do it yourself, no matter how hard and long you worked. Well, that trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God. A sheer gift. I love that. Set right with God, by God, sheer gift. You see, guys, the only currency at the moment is faith. It's faith in God. It's faith in what he's done. It's not faith in yourself. You see... <laughs> It's not about performance at all. If, if we think that we can do something for God, we've almost shifted the finished work of the cross, God's blemishless sacrifice into a performance-based lifestyle. Guys, we are not good enough. I think we need to settle that right now. We are not good enough for a thousand percent righteous God. He demands purity. He demands 
He demands perfection, and none of us are perfect. So that the only way we can enter into a relationship with God is by relying completely on someone who was perfect, and that is Jesus. You see, Paul even writes, he even writes that he, he knows what is wrong, but he sometimes still does it. There's this natural weakness to this flesh that we have. There's this drawn, drawing to sin that every one of us has. And it's so prevalent. But if we understand that that is, is not the criteria for why I'm righteous, I think we can move so much, so much freer in God's movement and in the spirit of God. You see, performance is what robs people of their faith. Guys, I've seen, I've seen Hindus put, put hooks through themselves and hang, them upside da- hang themselves upside down to show their devotion to God. The scariest thing is human performance. I've seen monks walk for days and their faith is not allowed to, to leave the floor. I've, prayer time, like, like you can't believe. I've seen Christians who actually crucify themselves. They put nails through their, through their hands to show God, look at what, look at me, look at my devotion. Guys, God wants to settle this today. It is not about you. It's about him. You see, here's a profound statement, a really, really profound statement. And if you're taking notes, take it down. It says, where there are people, there is poop. <laughs> and it's so true, guys. There, we mess things up. I'm going to say it again. Where there are people, and Carolyn, um, she corrected me. I said, where there's people, there is poop. But that's not grammatically correct. But it's so true, guys. We mess things up. Just look at the world. Look at the rejection. Look at the hurt. Look at the bitterness. Broken marriages. ISIS attacks. Guys, the suffering, the persecution that's in this world is phenomenal. And it doesn't come from God. It comes from us. We are the source of all this rubbish. You know, that's why, that's why every honest Christian should know I don't, I, I don't match up to this perfect God. I'm nowhere near good enough for this perfect God. So there's no point in me trying to do these things out of a position of, I'm going to get to God myself. And it's so often, it's a trick of the devil that he uses. You see, Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And just before he was about to be handed over to the authorities, he was at his time of most need. and And he said to his disciples, stay up with me so that I can pray and you guys can keep watch. And he came back, they were sleeping. And he he said, well, you can't even do this. Stay awake. Goes back, comes back, they're sleeping. You see, there's this natural weakness to flesh. There's the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's, a, it's part of who we are. Um, the Bible clearly states that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of you falls short of the glory of God. But here is the amazing thing. God is not counting these sins against you. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 verse 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled himself through Christ 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. Next one. Yeah, Jenny. Next verse, Hebrews 8.12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Next one. As far as east is from west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. East and west go. East and west go. <laughs> far. Okay, they don't connect unless, yeah. Next one. You see, you will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Gone. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sins the Lord will never count against you. You see, guys, there's, there's this thing which some born-again Christians, and, and I live through it, is it's almost as though some of us think that we can lose our salvation by what we do. Or there, there's even Christians who, who think that, oh, if I've got unrepented sins when I die, I'm going to hell. Guys, I think it's a dangerous place to live. You see, the devil gets behind those lies. He gets behind those lies and he makes you feel so condemned, so unworthy of God that you just, you just feel like there's just no escaping this, this thing that you're in. But if you capture that God is always looking down at you with love, always, as a son, that he wants to, he's drawing you into his relationship with him all the time, your life will completely and radically change. You see, it, it completely disarms what the devil is doing. The devil will get behind this, but you'll say, yes, but it's not, my, it's not by my might, it's by God's might. And you disarm his accusations, and you don't feel condemned and unworthy when you come to God. Okay. So this is how our reaction should be when we come to God. Um, you know, when, when, when we sin, and, and we will sin, there will be times when we fail. We say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry for this, and that keeps tripping me up. Lord, thank you, though, that you're not counting the sin against me, that it's Christ's righteousness on my behalf, and that I can still have complete relationship with you. And, Lord... Give me the strength to, to, to work this through because I know this is not from you and I know this is not pleasing to you, but, but this is where I am. And boom, holy repentance. Right, guys, there's peace, there's love, there's hope, there's life in doing it that way, in God. You see, you, you almost repent. You look at your sin from God's point of view. He loves you. You're not out of your position of love. But this is so much how it happens. You, you sin, you fail. Oh, Lord, sorry, 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 sorry. Hey, it's, it's Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray longer. I'm going to pray morning and evening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast to get this victory. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible more. I promise I won't do this again. Guys, empty promises. He must have heard it so many times. It's not by your strength. It's not. It's God, okay? It's not your righteousness. We need to get that settled. Guys, understanding this message is difficult to hear. We, there's such a human tendency to earn things, earn our acceptance in a certain group, earn 
what I'm doing, earn my wages, earn what we do. But God has just completely reversed it. He says it's by faith through grace that you've been saved. Your blessings, you have the kingdom of you have the keys to the kingdom of God already. You see, God is so much more interested in your motivation. What is your motivation for doing things? If it's a place of, oh, I have to do this in order to become, you're heading towards self-righteousness. You see, if I have to do something in order to get something from God, you're in a a works-based relationship. This have to is, is very dangerous. The Pharisees were the biggest have to people of the Old Testament. They had rules, regulations, laws. You, you couldn't even heal someone on the Sabbath. I mean, how ridiculous is that? There's these, this have to to become someone or to get your salvation, I have to do this. Guys, it's by faith. It's by faith in God. You see, but if we understand that God is a good God and he's done it for us, there's a supernatural welling up in your spirit and this, you, you want to. You want to take this to the ends of the earth. You want to do things for a God who's done it all for you. It's a complete shift in motivation. You see, God wants nothing to do with have-tos because if you have to do something, where's the faith? You see, you, he wants to partner with you to do these one-two things in God. I mean, it almost in the Bible it says you become slaves to righteousness. Guys, I don't know about you, but slaves work harder than everyone okay there's this there's this understanding and motivation of i'm in christ fully accepted you want to do things you want to become a slave of righteousness because you want to work hard and it's not going to tie you out because it's a god thing there's life in it whereas the devil so often gets behind the have to work and you feel completely he gets behind it and say, yes, but you're doing good thing. You're doing good things, but guys, there's no life in it and you will burn out. It's this motivation. You see, and yes, sin matters to God. And yes, there's a call for a changed life and becoming more like Christ. But guys, when we approach God, we should never approach God out of feeling unworthy, condemned, feeling like we don't stack up. You see, the majority of Christians on the planet today feel like when they approach God, they, f- they feel like they're unworthy, they, that they're condemned. But what is that? It's instead of approaching God with confidence as an heir to Christ, you approach God out of an attitude of defeat and despair. You see, you're almost focused when you go to God. You focus not on Him. You're focused on yourself. You see, I think there's such an aspect of us going to this holy God who's done it all, all for us and just saying, thank you, Lord, and just unloading to her Father. You see, we can now approach God knowing that I'm an heir of Christ, that he is no longer counting my sins against me, that I am, a, I am in him and he empowers me to do his will because in Christ I get empowered to do his will. You see, in Christ, in Christ, I'm empowered. It's, it's a Christ motivator. You see, imagine how upsetting it is for God to, to have given Jesus as a sacrifice and he still sees people trying to earn their way to God. It must crush him, guys. 
It's almost as if we're saying to him, thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, but yeah, don't worry. I'll get to God. I'll earn my salvation. I'll be the king of my life. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, when you think about it like that, it's completely ridiculous. You see, so many of us get caught up in, in right doing, but as a Christian, we need to be right doing. Yes, of course we need to be right doing. But can I tell you something which is far more important? Right believing. You see, it's, it's almost like I, I get the picture of a tree where the roots of the tree is right believing. You believe in your righteousness. You believe in who you are. And from it, the tree comes up. What is the fruit? The fruit is obedience to God. The fruit is life. The fruit is doing the right thing, doing Christ's work, living by the Spirit, living according to God's will. You see, guys, it's that complete shift of why you do things, your motivation. You see, we never, ever supposed to feel condemned. I once heard it said, when you plant condemnation and sin consciousness, your life gets overgrown with weeds of guilt. But when you plant Christ's righteousness, you start to walk in God's manifest presence you start to know him and understand that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You start to know his glory. And I think that's, that's where we're trying to go. We, we're trying to know his glory more. We're trying to show his glory more. And we need to be established in this position to, in order to do that. You see in Romans five seventeen, If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing... Can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes, sovereign life, in those that grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting, everything right that the one man, Jesus Christ, provides? You see, guys, there's this almost grasping of both hands to this life gift that he gives us. There's this reliance. There's this deep understanding that we need to move forward. There's abundance in it. There's a life in it. You see, here's a little bit of the process. I wrote down what the process is. You see, we grasp our position in Christ by faith in Him. We become established in Him. We become, we remind ourselves that we are the righteousness of God and that we have a glorious inheritance. Satan, you've robbed me for way too long. You move beyond the forgiveness that the devil so keeps us trapped at and you righteousness starts to overflow in your life and love peace joy come into your life our identity becomes ingrained in right standing we start to understand God's incredible life gift free gift seated in heavenly places adopted as God's child you are an heir with Christ God is for us and has a covenant with us we awaken it to it we start claiming our inheritance understanding that now I'm a new creation. The power of God's word is in me, and I have authority in it to speak it out and to be effective. You see, you have a deeper intimacy with God, and you renew your mind in the word and live in the promises of God. You see, you're able to pull down dead works from your life. You're able to pull down things which aren't connecting you with God to life works. Guys, it's, it's an exciting journey. It's it's where I want my reliance to be on God. It's where I want to I I be completely immersed in this journey. And I hope that, my hope is that we start understanding that I am the, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. 
not in not in self-righteous in Jesus Christ. And so when I remember just repeating it and repeating it and repeating it, because there's almost like you understand it, but you need to understand it. It needs to go to the heart. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the right, but I don't feel like, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ. There's that deep understanding we need of it. Um, can we get the worship team up? You see, Peter, when he was talking to, to Jesus, oh, oh, I'm not. <laughs> Peter, when he was talking to Jesus, he, he, Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, no, Lord, I love you far too much, Lord. I, I love you so much that I would never do that, Lord. And he, he denied him. John, in the book of John, it writes, he writes, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You see, John actually wrote that. So John understood that this love, he was positioned in this place of love. And he was the one who was at the foot of the cross, empowered to, to offer Christ some comfort at his time of most need. You see... I really believe, guys, that we are supposed to live off God's love for us, not our love for God. You see, we need that understanding that it's God's love for us, and it empowers us to love God better. Okay. So in closing, there's a demand of perfect righteousness in God's presence. And it's absolutely crazy and impossible to do it without Jesus. You see, in Christ, God gives you this free gift of righteousness through faith. You see, in Christ, it's no longer do, 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 do. It's, it's done. It's done. It's done. You see, the devil will continually make you feel conscious of your sin. But God wants you to continually be conscious of being righteous in Christ. In Christ, God never condemns you. He always invites you into his presence, into an intimate relationship. You see, sin condemns us all. But by God's grace, he takes the obedience of Jesus and declares those in Christ righteous. He calls us sons. He says, I love you. And nothing can separate you from my love. You see, there are things wrong with you before God. But God, but the Bible clearly tells us to stop focusing on the wrong and understand the foundation and the revelation of how perfectly right you are with God. You see, at the cross, Jesus identified with you at your worst so that you can identify with Jesus at his best. You see, we need to, we need to stop focusing on us. We need to stop, we need to move away from the self-consciousness and focus on Christ and live spirit-filled, effective lives for Christ. Amen.